Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I thought by way of setting up where we're going, it's worth just talking about the foundation of this church. One of our board members recently asked me, what are the prophetic words that you've had over this church? You know, and I said, well, what, what, what do you mean? Like the whole, yeah, what, what was this church founded on? And I thought that's a great question. And it got me thinking about all the things that have been said over my life, Cass' life, our marriage. I mean, I remember way back in the day, before we ever had a, heart, a church in our heart, some prophet coming through and put, calling Kath and I out and saying, this is how I see you two. You, Tony, are like a kite. Whew, ready to go where no man has gone before. And I see your wife is the string. Not holding you back, but just keeping you in check. And that, 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 that word has been a lifesaver to me. In other words, listen to your wife. She's not stupid. She's got something to add. The prophetic word is really, really important, I believe. And so I got me thinking about all the prophetic words. And what you've got to understand about the prophetic words is I can almost categorize them in, in three areas. Firstly, there's the, the God-inspired directional prophecies. And they'll come few and far between in your life. And then there's the, and this is probably the most common one, the the general word of encouragement that comes your way. And people say, I've got a word for you. I feel like the Lord would say, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. And you say, wow, that was awesome. It came at the right time. It just encouraged me and and, and praise God for that. That, that, They may put a little bit of a a picture to that and, and, and talk about birds and bees and butterflies and trees. But essentially, you know, you're a good guy. Don't give up. They love you. And those things have held me at the right time. I don't mean to be dismissive of them, but they're not very directional. They're just words of encouragement and, and thank God for them. And I've had many of those over my life. They haven't set the tone of the church. They've just got me through a sticking point. Thank God for those words. But then there's a third category, and that's just the weird words. You know, the super spiritual, weird, hocus pocus, mean nothing kind of words. And so this is what I would say. With those ones, reject. The word of encouragement, just receive for the time and enjoy it. But take very seriously the directive words that God speaks over your life. See, it's not enough just to have vision. You can get a vision on drugs, you know that? If you want a vision, get some marijuana, smoke it, and you'll have visions. So I've been told. I've never, done, actually, I've never done drugs. I've never been drunk. I, just, I don't have those stories. And I have a great testimony as a result. Let me tell you, if you, don't, if you were never drunk, if you didn't do drugs, if you haven't slept around, you have an incredible story. That's an incredible story in this day and age. That you said no to all that. What an incredible story. I'm one of those guys. I've never smoked a cigarette. I've never done drugs. I've never been drunk. I've never got stoned. I've never shot anything into my arm. I've never done anything of that. I've never wanted to. But I do believe in vision. But that vision has to be more than just a dream you had. Has to be more than just the pizza you ate the, uh, the night before. 
It has to have something to do with the confirmation of God's Word. And so this vision that uh, I'm talking to you about, I want you to know it's been confirmed by the Word of God over and over and over again. And if I had to categorise five things that God has said over this church, they would be the following. That we would, number one, be an apostolic house. Which means that we would not just be a little church on a little street corner for us and ours, but that we would have a multi-generational, multinational, global influence in people's lives. And so as a result, what we have done with our media, what we are doing with the going and the sending and the coming and the going that takes place in this church is part of not my desire, not my thoughts, but part of the DNA of this house, part of what God has birthed this house for. You see, the prophetic word sets the assignment for each local church. Every local church has a specific assignment. And God gives that assignment to the leader of a church in order to massage that in over and over and over again. This is not about what I want. This is not about what suits me. This is not about my comfort. This is about us honouring the Word of God. We see Paul in the book of Acts. In the last few chapters of Acts, Paul is pushed from pillar to post, from governors to generals to this person to that person. And the whole time he gives a discourse about the vision that he had and the things that have happened since the vision. And so then he says in Acts chapter 26, verse 19 or thereabouts, he says, so you see, King Agrippa, I, I, I haven't failed to be faithful to the vision God gave me. This, this is about us being faithful to the vision God gave us. And one of the biggest fights I've had over the 20 years is people wanting to impose what they want to do at the expense of what God has called us to do. And for that, I do not apologise that we've held our line and moving in a straight line toward God, what God has called us to do. There are many people who tried to call me to settle down. Don't travel, don't go, don't do this. Let's just look after us. Can I see you? And I, I, I want to say with all due respect, I can't do that. Because it means to dishonour the vision that God has given me. We are to be an apostolic house. Does that make sense this morning? That we would be a base church, a resource church, a feeding church. That we would have God-aligned partnerships both locally and globally. And we are seeing that with different churches that we're working into and with in America, in South Africa, in Indonesia. And it's very, very exciting. All these things would not have happened if I just listened to what people wanted this church to become. This is about us being true to the vision that God has placed in our heart. When I didn't even understand what apostolic was, I had a word. You are an apostolic man and you could build an apostolic house. I don't even know what that means. So if you don't know what it means, just relax. It's okay. Hang around long enough and you'll learn what that means. Secondly, that we'd be a house of salvation. Not just a house of the Word of God, but a house of salvation. And when you understand these things, you don't understand why we do what we do. Because we are serious about winning the loss, not just feeding Christians, although that needs to take place, you'll understand why we do what we do. You'll understand the language that we use. Whenever I preach from the Word of God, as I'm doing now, if I mention a Bible character, I will never assume that you know who that Bible character is. 
Because I'm believing that every Sunday in our meetings, there are people who have never been to church, that they are unchurched and they don't know who Paul is. So when we start talking about Paul, they start saying, who's Paul? Where's this Paul? I'm going to meet him in the cafe after. No, no, no. We're talking about a guy who's not even alive anymore. He lived 2,000 years ago. He wrote most of the New Testament. That's the Paul I'm talking about. I'll always put those little precursors in because we are mindful that Christians need to be fed, but we don't want to leave the unsaved behind. So please don't sit there saying, we know who Paul is. You might, but the people who are coming don't. So please bear with me as I tell you over and over again who Paul is and who Peter is. That Matthew was a disciple. He was an eyewitness of all that Jesus did. He was an eyewitness of all that Jesus said. And when he was coming to the end of his life, he thought, man, I I better write some of these things down. You see, the disciples thought that Jesus was coming back in their time. Then they realised, hang on, maybe he's going to take a little bit longer. So I better write these things down. This is the account of that man's writings. You know that. If you've been coming any length of time, you know that because I say it all the time. But that's the why behind my what. We're a house of salvation. And coupling that, one of the strategies that we've heard over and over again, that one of the keys to that would be that salvation would come through children. And so we do not apologise for putting playgrounds in. We do not apologise for doing some of the things we're doing because we recognise that children are a key to our future. Another pathetic word was in keeping with salvation that whole families would come. So once, once you know, someone gives their life to Jesus, I want to know who your auntie is, I want to know who your uncle is, I want to know who your, your, your mother is, your father is, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, because that's a word over our church. So put your faith out for whole families to come to Christ. Amen. Thirdly, that we'd be a house of power. That we wouldn't just have great music, we wouldn't just have great atmospherics, but there'd be a very tangible sense of God's presence. And over the 20 years, our ministry has been marked by God doing supernatural signs and wonders in people's lives. Could it be more? Absolutely. We want to see more of the presence of God. In actual fact, tonight, I want to encourage you to come back because we're having a prayer and anointing service. We want to pray for all of our ministries. We want to pray for the sick. We want to pray for those that are struggling. So please, please, please come and bring someone you know who needs prayer. We would love to pray with them tonight. We're going to believe God to do what no man can do. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for musicians. Thank God for the team at the back desk there. Thank God for all the things that take place in life and in church. But we need a tangible touch of the presence of God. Fourthly, that we'd be a house of innovation. You know, I'm believing that what we do in this church will be what other churches either have not thought of or don't have the courage to do. Because it's a word from God to us. And so when we do events like The Bloke, which is a little bit different, you start bringing beer into the house of God, expect more of that kind of stuff. Because God is wanting to do things that He hasn't done in other churches or other churches haven't been willing to embrace. Be open to that. We're not trying to be different just for different sake. We're trying to be faithful to the vision that God has given us and um, confirmed with the prophetic word. When you understand this thing, you, you realise it's got nothing to do with Tony and his personality. This is Tony trying his best with the eldership team, with a team of leaders to honour the vision. Yeah. To be honest, can I just say this? I'm very happy with what's happened over the last 20 years. And, and, and if this was about me, you need to know that I get paid to do what I love, so why would I mess with that? 
I am doing what I love. I, I, I am living beyond my, I'm not living my dream. I didn't even dream this. This was beyond my wildest dreams. If this was about me, I would say, let's stop and let's enjoy and let's party. But there is something that drives me and it's something that's bigger than me. It's something that's bigger than my comfort. It's something that's bigger than I want to do. It's actually the vision that God has given me. And it's both a blessing and a curse. Because God has called us to more than we are presently experiencing. This is not about my comfort. It's not about your comfort. Amen? And so fresh ideas, creativity, colour, life and energy. Fifthly and lastly, that we'd be a house of balance. A house of balance. You know, some people say, oh, we need more of the Word. Great. But you have more of the Word, it's going to be less of something else. The moment you have more of the word, it's going to be less of the singing. And others say, we need more worship in this church. Okay, let's have more worship, then it's going to be less of the word. Unless you have all day Sundays, then someone's saying, I'm not going to go to that. There's got to be balance. And and, and, uh, if I was to say, what's the problem with religion? Religion is out of balance. In my heart of hearts, I've always had this desire to bring balance. I've tried to model balance in my own life, in our marriage, in my health, in the presentation of the Word, with the presentation of the worship, with the presentation of our atmospherics, etc. etc. It, it all matters. And life is a balance. Sometimes there may be more of one than the other, but over a period of a year, we get a balance of everything that we need. And it's what drives me and motivates me. You know, so, so, so if there's a church that just wants to have worship, 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 prayer, 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 that's great. That's not what we're called to do. Yeah. We're not called to be just a house of prayer. We're called to be a house of balance, which means a both and, not either or. Is this making sense yeah. this morning? I really felt from day one that God said to me that you can build a great church, Tony, if you're prepared to take your time. And so the fact that I'm here 20 years later does not surprise me because I knew that what God put in my heart would take time. And if I'm honest, I want to say to you, if I'm here in 20 years' time, that won't surprise me either. I feel God has called me and gifted me for longevity and that's in keeping with the vision and the prophetic words that he's spoken over my life. And I'm so grateful that what I'm doing and what we've been able to do over 20 years is not just a good idea, but it's also a God idea. These five things drive and motivate our Sunday services, our midweek meetings. Everything that we do has this vision in mind. It's not about preference. It's not my pay packet. It's not our comfortability that drives me. It's these things. I've done many trips around the world, different parts of the world. But if I'm honest, I'd rather not have done. I'd rather not have gone to. But we do because it's part of what God has called us to as a church. If I was to summarize those five things, I can do it in a sentence and it makes up our vision statement. 
which is that we exist as a church to connect people. It's all about precious people, connecting them to God, to his church. We don't want a people independent of his church. God, his church, and to their purpose. If I could see precious people in our community and beyond connected to God, finding a local church and fulfilling their purpose, I can go to be with Jesus, a happy man. And I'm asking that you get on board with this vision. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 